Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Facts or Facts podcast. Today is July 23rd, and today we are doing part seven in our dynamic duos in the NBA. And today we get to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and the, the two guys that they put together that have really started to hit their stride are Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And everybody knows about Giannis and everybody saw him play this year. And I want to talk about Giannis and maybe a couple of things that if he makes a couple of strides in these areas could just be unstoppable. Obviously the shooting, things like that. But Chris Middleton is kind of the unknown guy up until this year when he became an all-star for the first time. He's been relatively unknown. He's been in the league for seven years. This coming up is going to be is going to be his eighth. And he's gonna he's right in the prime of his career. He's gonna be twenty-eight years old this coming year. And yet the last three years that he's been healthy, he's done exactly what he did this year. Right around eighteen points. The one year that he wasn't healthy is the one year he had the dip. But the last three years he's been healthy, he's averaged eighteen. 20 and then 18 points he's shot around 37 percent in those three years from beyond the arc averaging about five takes per game one year he had a high of 40 percent and one year he had a low of 36 percent but he's a pretty good three-point shooter which i know comes from playing with Giannis, obviously but 18 to 20 a game on 37, 38% shooting from beyond the arc on five attempts per game is pretty darn good in this league. He's six foot eight. I mean, he's going to give you about four, maybe five assists this year, but his numbers haven't changed in the last three years. In fact, this year they took a dip by two points per game and the shooting went up by 3% uh, from three point range. He went from 36 to about 39%, 38% this year. So his shooting went up. He took one extra three per game. He's a great fit around Giannis because he gives you another wing to play with Giannis. He gives you a guy that can shoot the ball well, that's going to have games where he has 25 or 26 points, but most of the time he's going to be right around 20 points per game. And I think this year is going to be the same kind of stats. I don't really see him having an, having some weird breakout year where he averages 25 or 26 a game. He's going to have a, another year where he has about 18 to 20 a game. He's going to have about four to five assists per game. And he's going to have about six or seven rebounds a game. Which, if you gave me that stat line every every game, I mean, my goodness, that's that's a great, that's an all-star stat line. I mean, you're giving me, 19, let's just say for average, let's say 19, 19, 5, and 7. I mean, that's a really good stat line. And especially on 38 or 39% shooting from beyond the arc. His field goal percentage has been around, it has actually been kind of lackluster if you look at it, at 44%. I mean, if he could get that up about 47 or 48%, that would be better, but I mean, he's taking a lot of jumpers. He's not really getting to the rim as much as you would like, especially a guy like that who's a little bit longer and could finish around the hoop. I mean, but you have Giannis on the floor, so you need a guy that can stretch the floor. So Chris actually fits really, really well with Giannis because of his ability to shoot. So that's nice. And he's a guy that can guard on the wing. 
because he's so long. He's not a great defender. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's not a great defender, but he's a guy that can slow guys down on the wing. And he's a guy, because of his length, that can bother people on their jump shots. So if you pair him with Giannis, now here's the thing with Giannis that's coming up. This coming season, he needs to he needs to be able to hit a 15 to 18 foot jump shot on a pull up jumper. He needs to be able to hit a 15 to 18 foot jump shot on a pull up jumper. If you could imagine him being able to take one dribble and and pretty much dunk it from half court, he takes one dribble, takes three three strides, and then bangs on people. Imagine him in the half court being able to take care of that weakness, which is not being able to hit the mid-range game consistently because it's like in the toronto series you build a wall and don't let him get to the rim and all of a sudden he gets he gets slowed down and it's like i said before the playoffs are where you actually get to tell how good a player is why because teams get to scout you more they get to figure out how they're going to play you defensively and if it doesn't work one game they get to change it for the next game that doesn't happen in the regular season so in the regular season most of the time Numbers are going to be more inflated in the regular season and come back down to earth in the playoffs because defenses are supposed to get better in the playoffs. I say supposed to because that's not always the case depending on the coach. But when you can focus in on one or two different players and try and really focus on taking away their best move, that's really important. Reggie Miller talks about it all the time. I watch the Dan Patrick show and... and Shout out to those guys. Those guys are awesome. But Reggie goes on that show. He talks about it all the time. It's in the NBA, in the playoffs, they're not going to give you their, your first move. You might get it every once in a while, but they're going to do their best to take away your first move. And then in games two and three, they're going to work on not only taking away your first move, but they're going to take away your first and second move. And that's why it's a big difference between your stars and your superstars or your superstars and your average guys that are really good in the regular season but not really good in the playoffs. That's why Russell Westbrook struggles in the playoffs. At least recently. It's because he doesn't have a great jump shot. And when he does have his great jump shot, he he thrives. Why? Because you can't stay in front of Russ. And when he's knocking down that 15 to 18 foot jump shot, I mean, that is an unstoppable force coming at you. And it's the same thing with Giannis. You can't slow Giannis down one-on-one. But when you build the wall around him, which good teams like the Toronto Raptors and other teams will do this year, it's what does he have that he can go to in his bag of tricks? Does he actually have a jumper? And if he can figure out how to get that jumper and work on it this offseason, he's going to be a guy that's almost unguardable. But we say this about players all the time. Like, (laughs) we say this about guys like Ben Simmons. We said this about guys before them. I mean, we said this about LeBron James a long time ago, and now, later in his career, LeBron has turned into a pretty good shooter. Right? But we say this about guys all the time. Well, if he had a jump shot. The fact is, he doesn't have a jump shot. It's like Ben Simmons. Giannis and Ben Simmons, they don't have jump shots. That's the difference. Could they get one? Yes. Are they going to? I don't know. But we talk about this all the time in professional sports. Well, if he could do this. Well, if he could do that. Could you imagine how good he would be if he could do that? And 90% of the time, they don't actually get good at those things. What they do instead is they end up just 
getting better at what they already do well. And the fact is, you know, Giannis needs to figure out how to get to the point where he can knock down an 18-foot jump shot on a pull-up so that he can really hit you hard and then bump you and then pull up, kind of like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was the guy who really needed a jump shot coming out of college. He was good finishing around the rim. He was really strong. All of a sudden, he gets a jump shot. He bumps the heck out of you and pulls up from 15 to 17 feet, and that shot is really hard to, glo- really hard to block or really hard to guard. I mean, it's hard to guard Kawhi on the perimeter now. Why? Because he's so strong. You can't put a smaller guy on him. He's going to bully ball him. And if you put a bigger guy on him, he's going to go by him. That's why there's not that many guys that can stay in front of guys like Kawhi. And if they can stay in front of him, just ask Clay Thompson how that worked out in the finals. Or ask, Clay, or ask a bunch of other guys how that works out when he gets closer to the rim. He bumps the heck out of you because he's so strong. He's got a good center of gravity and he bumps you and then hits you. And then knocks down the jumper. That's what Giannis can do, except Giannis is taller and way longer. So Giannis has to get to a point where he can bump you, pull up, and hit the jump shot. Or take a couple of dribbles, bump you, step around you and into the paint, and then hit a little floater or something. Those are the things that Giannis needs to get good at. And if he does, obviously he'll be unguardable. But that's the thing. It's if he does that. The big if game is what we play all the time, and it's really annoying. But the fact is, that's kind of where we're at with a bunch of these guys. If they can do this, if they can do that. And this is no exception. This dynamic duo is actually very good. You're going to see them put up around 40 points a game or 50 points a game between the two of them. Depending on how Giannis does, I mean, you could have games where Giannis has 30 and Chris Middleton has 25. I mean, that's big games. And you could have games where their stat line combined or something like 55 points between the two of them, 18 or 19 assists between the two of them, and almost 20 rebounds between the two of them. I mean, and these are not two guys that are playing center. They're two, I mean, two guard slash forwards, right? I mean, they could just be filling up the box score between the two of them. The thing is, when it comes playoff time, how good are they going to be? Now, the Bucks are going to finish one or two in the regular season. They have most of their core coming back. You got Brooke Lopez. You got Robin Lopez, who's a really good defensive center, who's going to help guard uh, guys like uh, Joel Embiid, although there's not a gr- lot of great centers offensively right now in the game. But he's going to help slow Joel Embiid down, which in the playoffs could be huge for them if they end up matching up against the 76ers, which I think they will at some point, right? You lose Malcolm Brogdon, which I think is a big loss because he was really starting to come into his own. Um, But you... You got a bunch of guys that can play and uh, and you you got some guys that can knock down jump shots. And if you have guys that can knock down jump shots around Giannis and they start building the wall around Giannis again, well, if those guys knock down the shots, you're going to win a lot of games and you're going to win a couple of playoff series. They might be in the in the NBA Finals. I mean, the the East is is more open than the West. The West, I want to say the West is open, quote unquote, but the reality is there's te- there are a lot of good teams in the West. The East, there are not a lot of good teams. You have the 76ers who got exposed because Ben Simmons has no jump shot. Uh, you have the Milwaukee Bucks who got exposed because, well, Giannis can't hit a jumper. The Raptors are not near, aren't going to be there. I mean, they'll be in the playoffs, but they won't be competing for a championship. 
And then you have Boston, who in my mind might be the third best team. I think the Pacers, although losing Bogdanovich is going to hurt them, and I don't think anybody's actually talking about that for some reason. But the, the East is wide open. I mean, who in the East is really going to be competing with the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks? If Kemba fits in nicely with the Celtics, I think they have a shot. But it's really dependent on how well he fits in. But I think the Bucks are primed for another great run and a good deep run in the playoffs. I hope you guys enjoyed. I, I, I know that Chris Middleton and Giannis, I mean, you don't think of a dynamic duo. You just think of Giannis. But Chris Middleton is a great role piece, right? He's a great role piece for Giannis. So hope you guys enjoyed. This has been the Facts or Facts. Remember to subscribe. Listen to any of my previous episodes. We're going to finish up the last three teams, the last three dynamic duos, and I will catch you guys next time.